Hello? 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 Okay, this might be okay. Uh, we're on the moors. It's like eight in the morning. It's raining. There's not very much light. It's really, it's wet. It's beautiful. Izzy's trousers are, are wet, so we're going to turn back in a minute. But we're going to read some poetry first. So that that's nice. It's really nice. It's like heather. It's like some brown heather and some green heather, some yellow heather. And like there's a rock. Hi. Oh my god, I actually can't read poetry. Please don't put this on the actual podcast then. Well. High waving heather needs stormy blasts bending, midnight and moonlight and bright shining stars. I wonder how many people come up here and do this. <laughs> this is a take two, which take, isn't a spontaneous take two. Take two. High waving heather needs stormy blasts bending, midnight and moonlight and bright shining stars, darkness and glory rejoicingly bending, earth rising to heaven and heaven descending, man spirit away from its drear dungeon sending, bursting the fetters and breaking the bars. All down the mountainside, wild forests lending, one mighty voice to the life-giving wind. Rivers their banks in the jubilee rending, fast through the valleys a reckless course wending. Wider and deeper their waters extending, leaving a desolate desert behind. Shining and lowering, swelling and die and swelling and dying. Changing forever from midnight to noon, roaring like thunder, like soft music sighing. Shadows on shadows advancing and flying. Lightning bright flashes and the deep gloom defying, coming as swiftly and fading as soon. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, your book is so damp. Hello, and welcome to Bonnets at Dawn, the show that explores the lives and works of 18th, 19th, and 20th century women writers. I am your host, Hannah Chapman. And I am your host, Lauren Burke. This week on the show, we are taking you on a road trip. So we are going from Haworth to Manchester, where we visit the Bronte Parsonage, the Pankhurst Center, and the Annie Swinnerton exhibition at the Manchester Art Gallery. So some context for the Annie Swinnerton trip. I hear you shout in. We don't want to hear about artists. We don't, we don't care about art. We're here for yeah. literature. They can't see it either. They can't see it. Different type of art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want this. Well, shut up. Because we've got reasons. <laughs> One, you may remember that Annie Swinnerton painted that portrait of William Gaskell that we're always banging on about. It was commissioned to mark his being the chair of the Portico Library for 30 years. And his daughters picked Annie Swinnerton as the artist. Uh, she studied in Manchester. She studied in Rome. She loved Rome, just like our gal Gaskell. She's a total Indeed. fucking boss as well, because she co-founded the Manchester Society of Women Painters. And then in 1922, when she was in her late 70s, she was made the first female associate of the Royal Academy of Art. It came. The recognition came like super late in her life. And the legend kind of goes that when they wrote to her and said oh we want you to be the an associate she was like cool here's all my juvenilia like here's all of my work that I did when I was inexperienced and she didn't give them yeah. the good stuff so she didn't she just kind of shrugged it off we had to go we had to go to the exhibition and see so like all of her work apart from all of the really cool stuff of women in armor which was like somewhere else yeah, they only had like two of those. Yeah, her work is amazing. Um, she is now my new favorite artist. Um, I was also 
huge fan of uh, John Singer Sargent. He's probably maybe like my number one. Okay. Uh, yeah. From that time period. And guess what? They were friends. <laughs> was and she, was she he... friends with uh, Waterhouse? I like him. Sure. Why not? Let's, talk. Let's go with yes. yes. This is not an art history podcast. Or a man podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I will say regarding that uh, membership into the Royal Academy, uh, she was 77. Most people sort of like, I don't know, just sort of like retired from the Royal Academy or sort of kind of floated away at 75. So this came really late in her career. And it was after years and years and years of people like Singer Sargent saying, hey, why are you not letting Annie Swinnerton in here? She's amazing. Um, And then they made her an associate member, not a full member. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, total dick. (laughs) Total dick move. Um, I just want to read out this one quote uh, from a BBC article on Swinnerton uh, that was written around the time that the exhibition was on. Um, It said that Swinnerton faced prejudice not just for her gender, but also for her realistic, unromanticized depictions of female bodies. which was dismissed by those who preferred the unblemished classical fantasies. So I I love that about uh, Swinnerton's work. And that actually just makes me think about a lot of the female writers that we study on the show. Yeah. Right. So um, I highly recommend you guys check out her work. Google it now and then go on this this tour with us. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like you're at the museum with us. Just like it. Exactly. So, okay, before we go to the Manchester Art Gallery, we are going to jump in mid-conversation at the Bronte Parsonage. Hey, remember those bells, Lauren? I do remember those bells. She kept trying to get a recording of them and then didn't even put it in our episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's my, like, main memory for our last trip. I mean, things get lost in the fire when you're editing, right? Right. You know, trying to get it down to a reasonable hour. There is that bit in the episode where we say, listen, listen to the, the bells end, and then there's no bells. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's anyone who's still sat there like, where are they? Where are they? <laughs> like, this file has been quiet for a long time. I've been waiting for yeah. these bells. <laughs> now, did you study like, um, your heritage, what, are, what do you call it over here? Over in the States, it'd be like museum heritage. studies. I did museum studies, studies okay. MA, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you do that? Leicester. Oh, University of Leicester. Yeah. All right. To museums that was what you were like I'm gonna do it yeah. I did art history and then I was like I'm gonna do it yeah I did an ancient <laughs> history degree like mm-hmm. almost classics but not quite posh enough to be classics okay. and then I was like well I don't really have any discernible skills so I guess I'll do a museum mm-hmm. so I did a museum <laughs> and now I'm here yes. in a museum that's perfect yeah it's a good place to start and you do you like the Brontes oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like I always liked the Brontes and I'd read several of their novels and things like as you do when you live around here right but then I came here and I was like oh now I know everything well not everything that's not true but you can't help but pick things up of course you yeah. stuck it up like a sponge oh yeah when yeah. you're sitting in their house every well, day well exactly yeah, but yeah. kind of harsh not to so yeah who's your favourite no come Anne. on <laughs> Anne. Anne. the people's princess are you a, are you an Anne yeah. An Anne fan. Anne fan. Yeah, Anne yeah. Fan. yeah. People love I like Anne. an underdog. I like a good underdog. I, I think know. she's that much of an underdog. Yeah, I agree. I think she's really close <laughs> to this reputation posthumously as being the underdog, but I don't think she's the underdog. Every like minute, you just come around that corner <laughs> like a little fact goblin. Like, <laughs> and another. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, why, why? I'd like to know your opinion. Why you think that? I mean, because everyone's like, nobody knows who Anne is. And then you ask anyone, anyone and everyone goes, Anne's my favourite because she's an underdog. But if everyone is saying. We get Anne. so many people here that are like, oh, the two sisters lived here. And I get that. Yeah. 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 A lot. Or they're like, oh, what's <laughs> the other one called? Always, always, always. Branwell. Yeah. I think in people that read a lot, and obviously people that know about the Brontes, there are a lot of Anne fans, but in like the general public, the kind of person that might know about the Brontes, they would probably. And then there's the whole, yeah. like, you know, Charlotte trying to take up the yeah. path. Yeah. yeah. Can I say that I actually have a lot of sympathy for Charlotte, and I think that she is now getting a lot of shit. She and is. She's getting more than she deserves. I think she's getting way more than she deserves. And Disagree. I, she I has just, a hard pass on Charlotte, but I think you haven't read Charlotte's letters, though. Like, when you I, read Charlotte's I letters, it. it's hey, really... I got through Villette. What more does she want from me? I don't, what 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 more do I have to do? Does she want my blood? Does she, she want, want kind of she wants, she wants Shirley. Yeah. You Shirley comes Shirley. to you. It, yeah. I ain't picking up Shirley. <laughs> it's got a sexy It's got a cool ID, Shirley. I it's see. It's got a sexy mill owner. Yeah, it does. I do like a mill owner. Oh, we love mm. a sexy mill owner. <laughs> the dream. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about Elizabeth Gasker? Um, As a biographer of Charlotte? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, as a yeah. biographer. Go. Okay. Um, Death to the witch! No, not quite. <laughs> no, not quite that much. The main reason why I'm not mad about this with Casper is because she was mean to Patrick, and I love Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like he was a really old man, and he'd lost all of his kids and his wife, and he was living in Haworth, which is kind of remote and miserable. And then mm. she was proper mean to him, and I was like, no. Okay, like, and then as a person, <laughs> as a writer, um, outside of that, I haven't read a lot of her work, so I've only read both. Okay, okay, cool. That's great. Yeah. Did, no, you, watch, I love did that you watch that adaptation? Of course I did. Okay, did you fancy Mr. Thornton? Yeah, of course I did. Is he your on screen boyfriend in mm. theory dramas or is there someone else? Um uh it, I guess I'd have a short list and he would be on there, yeah. Who's at the top? No, don't make me say it. Is it Mr. Rochester? Oh, no, it's not on. Rochester. No, it's <laughs> Dar- sorry. No, it's not. No, we love is that. it M Paul? He's also No, bad. it's um it's Darcy. I know it's a bit cliche, but it really is. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's fine. Just because he's so awkward and it's funny. Yeah. What a mess. Um, I like a good mess. Right. We were in there. Back here. Yay! Are you excited? Do you like the parsonage? Come on. I like Hannah. the parsonage. It's so good. It feels nice. It feels nice. What I like about the parsonage is that unlike um the Jane Austen Centre, which has like no rooms to visit, mm-hmm. and unlike Chawton House, which you can visit, but you can walk around everything, and it's more like a museum with pieces in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the parsonage is like roped off, and it's like it looks like rooms, so you get like a really good idea of what it would have been like. And like this feels like a warm room. Like I understand yeah. this is a family working room. Yeah. You know, and then Gaskell House is like one step further, right? Because you can sit on the chairs. Yeah, who wants is. to stand up for an hour? <laughs> I, that's that's how I rate music. How long I've got? To stand how long up. do I have to stand when I buy the ticket? How do I get like a standing <laughs> discount? I um, I, I want that portrait of Charlotte. I mean, none of these portraits would have been on the walls, would they? Because that's like to walk invisible. That's a to walk invisible portrait. Yeah. Is it? Or is that just what he looked like? Who is that? Is that Branwell? Uh, we're going to have to ask Charlotte. Who is that? 
Charlotte, if you're here, knock three times. Is that Branwell Bronte? Knock twice if it is. Yeah, it's Branwell. It's Branwell. Okay. So now we're in um, Patrick's room, the study, Mr. Bronte's study. There's a like a self-playing piano, TV in the corner. A self-playing Xbox. piano? I don't know if that's what it is. What's that big thing on the top? Is it an organ? Can I just say two things? One... Is that a self-playing piano? It is no. not. Okay, yeah. good. It's a cabinet piano or a cottage piano, and it's just the strings are up there, because at the time um, they didn't have, like, they didn't have the technology to have, like, the stand-ups uprights that we have today mm-hmm. so instead of having it being long like a grand piano it was upright so that it could fit into like a small house like this so no, okay so, so like and that screen doesn't lift up to reveal like some kind of widescreen vibe no okay no. Did you that's a swivel like chair and thanks play that piano yeah they did wow they recorded in here yeah has anyone else played that piano since the brontes mm-hmm. um probably because i think back in the day, like the 20s and 30s, when the museum was nearly played, played pretty fast and loose with the collections. <gasps> like, people would sit around in Bronte dresses and stuff like that. What, their actual dresses? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Go on, crack open the cabinet. <laughs> yes. I'm much bigger than Charlotte. I can't can't promise I won't rip it, but I'll do my dandest to get in. Yeah? I think she's still... She didn't eat as yeah, much yeah. as I do. No. Well, I hey, three sausage rolls on Monday. Nice. <laughs> Where from? Greg's. Oh, nice. Come on. Come on. Greg's also Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to just funny upright because that's how they were made to fit into little houses. We haven't we... paid enough attention to, like, Emily as a musician on the podcast. <laughs> was she a musician? She was. Oh, yeah. What did she play? That piano. Oh. No, they would write their own compositions as well, especially Emily and Anne, yeah. Charlotte less so, mostly because her eyesight was so bad that she couldn't really do it. Um, Charlotte, can you hum an Emily? I don't know what, sorry. Can you hum an Emily? No, I don't know any of them, sorry. (laughs) Not not catchy? No, I just don't know. Oh, okay. Me and Amy are quite keen on William Whitman. Yeah. We all know he was keen on William Whitman. They love. Everybody. (laughs) Everybody was keen on William Whitman. Everyone loves him. No. Oh, no, you're, you're not. So you're not. You're anti. No. Why? It's not. It's just I don't like. You know. You don't on. like that he sent Valentine's to all of them. No, I think he was. Charlton. Soft boy. Oh, soft you, boy. Are you a part of this? I, I think he was a bit yeah, of a soft. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm talking. To, I'm, I'm, I am selling this to this young lady. Yeah, I'm <laughs> selling it. How many times have I sold this? Yeah, it's a charlatan. Charlatan. Oh, wow. Strong words. If that one doesn't work. I agree. I think he was a flirt. flirt. Oh, yeah. Well, shameless flirt. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a man. Okay, ladies, 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 right now, I'm a man hater, so let's not go down this road. Oh, let's do. <laughs> No, so um, yeah, so it's like if he if she works great, wonderful. Mm-hmm. If she works even better, and oh, oh oh, let's just not go. That's why I didn't see anything wrong with having like so um, bad. Be... Oh, you I'm have you gone off yet? Have you gone off him yet? Have I gone off him yet? No. Oh, yeah. I don't young. think he was like someone that I would want. A close friend to get married to, but it'd be alright. Yeah, because you'd be with the close friend and sister. Yeah, You're my best friend. Uh, it's hard to interpret. Like, is does he want a plan B and a plan C, or 
does he is he just genuinely feel bad and want everyone to be included? No. Just there's a, he's got a lot of love. Got a lot so of love to spread around. Love. Emily saw through him. Yes. She was not impressed and yeah. I feel like she was quite astute. Mm. And, yeah. And therefore, you know Well Emily took I don't nonsense. think he would have taken it too far or done anything that was really inappropriate though. I really don't feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And he was yeah. nice. I mean, he was a good curate, and you know, he went. Well, he died because he went round visiting yeah. all these sick parishioners. Yeah. Shut. I just, I feel like, was he? Did he? Do you think he ever had the intentions to like follow through on it? And I don't think like they mm. got a lot of action up here. So maybe yeah. like looking back on it, we're like, oh, it's just a sweet Valentine card. But it could have been the only mm. romantic thing in yeah. their lives, and therefore, like in the same way that when you're at school and you fancy somebody. And then they like get, lend you a pencil, and you're like, "Oh my god, they touched this pencil. Yeah. This must mean that they've touched me." Yeah, they love me. Yeah. I'm gonna get married and live happily. I'm still like that. I'm nearly thirty. Yeah. So I just think I would have been but really affected. Also, by, but there could by also it. be the um, the um, he was could he have been very weak. Yeah. And that kind of mm. the kind of spreading, just spreading it out. It's like kind of knowing that he couldn't commit mm. he couldn't commit mm. to one mm. he had a few ladies elsewhere I well, <laughs> oh really oh yeah oh, oh he's well known around the local area for being friendly with various young ladies I, 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 oh here she is her oh we're talking we've got some her opinions we need she's not too we're talking about William Whitman oh where am I from she yeah. she breed is having a go at me because I was like, oh, I quite like William Whitman. And it's apparently. Shot. No, he is. Not oh, okay, he's a weak willed man who can't make a command. They're all weak. Yeah, well, I. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a garden. Yeah. yeah. Big William like Whitman. Sure. <laughs> You're going to have to come on the podcast and defend William now. Oh, that's good. That's fine. I can okay. do that. <laughs> Please do some. I'm not doing a very good job. There's a story. Oh, Charlotte. Cut you off with a story. <laughs> There's a story that he came in here and he saw Mr. Bronte. Mr. Bronte said, what's going on, William? You look really sad and down. What's the matter? He said, I've just been to visit um, a parishioner, a young girl. She was like six or seven and she's very unwell and I don't know what to do. And then Mr. Bronte was like, you should send some port. I might have this story wrong. I may have conflated on what a story. He said, you should send some port because it will rally her. And he did, and she got better. And Charlotte was really touched because it was one of her pupils at the school. Oh. <laughs> Didn't win her over at all, that story. Recently divorced. Huh? I just, <laughs> <laughs> you can be really nice and send children port, although I don't think you should. Was it port or pork? Did, yeah, pork. did you say pork or pork? Pork. Okay, you can be really nice and send I'd love ailing send children alcoholic oh, beverages, but you can still be a shameless flirt who plays with the hearts of women. Yeah, but that's all men. No, it's not. I think it is. Yeah, well, okay, you know who it's not? My favourite, Mr. Nichols. Yay! <laughs> he stood true to Charlotte. He did. Even though, even though, who was his and boss I'm, and father I'm, I'm not saying it's not either or, is it? It's not either or. Shag, marry, avoid. Shag, marry, kill. Okay, Shag, marry, kill. Waitman, Nichols, 
I don't even know how you would transcribe that. Magnifying glass. <laughs> oh look, there's a little AGA there. Top, yeah. Right? On the 1838. Can you read any of it? Oh, this is like when you go to the eye doctor and they're like, what's the what's the smallest line you can just maybe yeah. maybe make out? <laughs> I feel like that. Imagine if the eye doctor was like, it just showed you um different writing samples from like famous authors <laughs> and you had to see like from an Austin down to an Emily, like which you can read. Right. <laughs> if, if you can read Emily you don't need glasses. Yeah. Twenty twenty baby. That's the window drawing. Okay, so this is the earliest known artwork by Emily when she was ten. That's a good little window. Yeah. It's not just a window. It's a mullioned window. Ooh, tell me more. Oh, I'm just re- I was reading it. Oh. It's a mullioned window. Oh. I think it's just like an architectural type of a window. <laughs> I thought for a moment that you were like, well, let me tell let you about tell these you windows. Let me tell you windows. They are so impressed. <laughs> Can you imagine how annoying it would be if someone was like, let me tell you about mullioned windows. <laughs> if we've got any listeners who know about mullioned windows, please. Give us a shout. Let me know. Oh, a tin box used by Emily to hide her diary papers. Do you think Aww. it had, like, a Whoa. <laughs> but I was never weathering heights. Scared the hell out of me. Like Why? We are the books we have read. We are both libraries. I was, like, looking at this picture of Carol Phillips when that started, I and I was like, is care. it like an eye contact? Is it? <laughs> and then if you look <laughs> at the picture, she's talking to yeah. Oh, look, so this is a cabinet, and in this cabinet it's miscellaneous newspaper cuttings, and um, it says that they're from 1847, and they're new monthly magazine on loan from the Leeds Library, uh, and it's five reviews of Wuthering Heights found in Emily's writing desk after her death, and one of them that's cut does like a paragraph cut out, and it says, it is difficult to pronounce any decisive judgment on a work in which there is so, is so much rude ability displayed, yet in which there is so much matter for blame. The scenes of brutality are unnecessarily long and unnecessarily frequent, and as an imaginative writer, the author has to learn the first principle of his art, but there is singular power in his portraiture of strong passion. He exhibits it as a convulsing... He exhibits it as convulsing the whole frame of nature, distracting the intellect to madness and snapping the heartstrings. The anguish of Heathcliff on the death of Catherine approaches sublimity. So this is one of the ones when they still thought it was a man. Yeah. I, I love this, actually. These were what I was looking forward to seeing because mm. I love that she kept the negative and the positive reviews in there. These look like they're in pretty good condition, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are these the originals? That review is just telling us what the plot is. It's like, bad review. I 
I like how a lot of the reviews are just baffled. Yeah. Even the good ones. They're like, this is... What I'm is not this? sure. What is this? Oh, look, here we go. This, this is a work of great ability and contains many chapters to the production of which talent no common order has contributed. At the same time, the materials which the author has placed at his own disposal have been but few in the resources of his own mind and in his own manifestly vivid perception of the peculiarities of character in short, in his knowledge of the human nature has found them all so there's a feedback form and it says we would like your feedback on making thunder roar and so um, making thunder what attracted you to the visit at the I'm going to put other um, podcast recording you know I love to fill in a little a little thing I like to leave a little easter egg podcast recording <laughs> where have you travelled from today the past now I'll put Bristol and Chicago um, what does Emily mean to you? Please tick here if you're happy for us to share your response anonymously. Okay. Oh. Hannah. I'm going to write something, Lodz, and then you can write something, Hannah. Um, to me, Emily is someone I wish I knew more. This is soccer, I'm not going to read this next line. Lauren, come and write something on this. What does that I wrote something very lovely. Did you? Yeah. Did you read it on the show? No, I read just the first bit, but I'm not reading that second bit. Ah. To me, Emily is someone I wish I knew more about. That's the bit I read, Mm -hmm. and the only bit that you can read. The rest is secret, just for the Bronte people. (gasps) But that's so lovely. Can I meet? Can I read it out loud? So many of the people I am inspired by are inspired by her. Thanks. Magic? I said that's magic. Oh, that's magic. Thanks. Thanks, magic. Thanks, magic. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I was a magician, that's how I'd close out every show. Thanks, magic. <laughs> um, so where are we? We're out outside the Pankhurst Centre where we've never been waiting for Esther to open the front door so that we can have a real life proper secret it's closed but we're inside tour yeah I hear her banging around keys <gasps> hello hello Eagle-eyed listeners will remember Esther from our Manchester road trip diaries and 
uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Gaskell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a writer. Now, we, I don't know anything about the Pankhurst. You're going to have to educate me, Esther. Okay. So, Emily moved into this house after her husband died. Mm-hmm. Basically, they had no money, so she had to get a job, and she worked as a registrar at the hospital, which is why the building's on the hospital grounds. Oh. And that brought her into close proximity with lots of women who came up with various health issues mm-hmm. and issues where, essentially, she's registering births and deaths, and when it's saying, who's the father, it's usually some abusive man in these women's lives. So it just really riled her up. She and her husband had been suffragists. They were very much trying to get the women in the boat. But then um, an incident happened... Uh, after Richard Pankhurst died, he was an active member of the Labour Party and they donated a load. Um, the Labour Party had a um, collection of some money to give to the family and they said, no, we don't want it. What we would like is a building in Richard's honour. They did make that building and they made it inaccessible to women, at which point, oh. in this parlour down here, six women decided to do something a little bit more military, a little bit more militant. And so the Women's and Social Political Union was born um, and they were dubbed suffragettes by, of course, the Daily Mail. Great. I I want the Daily Mail to give me anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what do I need to do to get one of those? Um, I feel like just being a woman should be enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You get around to it. You have an opinion. You express it. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So I've got to show you before I show the parlour. I want to show you one exciting thing. Okay, I love it. You know, I always have my favourite object. Oh yeah. So the manifesto was written by Sylvia Pankhurst. On oh, this Sylvia Pankhurst typewriter. Oh, perfect. The manifesto. Whoops. Sorry. We need to fundraise to get you a better cabinet. Oh my god. From your lips to yeah, anyone's ears. <laughs> <laughs> and new curator Tessa um, has a thing about the cabinet. And this is it. It's such a beautiful thing and we do want to yeah. display it better. Yeah. So we, because she spent the rest of her life in Ethiopia and um, Helen Pankhurst, who's the great-great-great-granddaughter of Emmeline, so great-granddaughter of Sylvia, um, she spends a lot of time in... I think she lives there as well. Yeah. The Ethiopian ambassador came over the other week so we were like, Vasha, you Sylvia's typewriter because they've lauded and praised Sylvia for years and years and years so it was really fun to be able to show them this Oh, how um, did she like donate it somewhere or was it just like kept in the family how did you guys come to have it that is a really good question that was before me starting here so I'm not quite sure but it says donated by the Pankhurst family there you go yeah I think it was because we've got a couple of things that the family have donated and they do all come and contribute and help out as yeah yeah time allows i mean dr pankhurst helen pankhurst is a very busy woman um Mm -hmm. but she's she'll be here next week for the unveiling of emmeline's statue she's just really really amazing and she gets requests all the time for appearances and to Mm -hmm. talk and she's written a book that we've got in the shop as well which is deeds not words which is the history of the suffragette movement have you guys read sally heathcote suffragette i have I haven't. It's a graphic I've got a lot novel. of suffering. Yeah, I've it's got a beautiful graphic novel. It, you guys should carry it in the shop. I think what I'd else? actually never yeah. voted when I read it. 
Really? Oh, really? Yeah, I was a late bloomer politically. And so I read it and I felt real fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and well, if I it makes people vote, vote we <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. should get it in. It's, and also, we're really starting good. a children's library. So it's books that oh. inspire young girls and women. So we've got oh, a, there's loads up in the office that we're going to launch next year. Sometime. That's exciting. So yeah, I, yeah, exciting. I can't wait for that to come. I can think of a couple of books we could put in there. Well, definitely send us the names. So, wow, look. this is the recreation of the parlour. This is a nice room. This is a great room. <laughs> I, I've got to say, you're going to wear the outfit. Suffragette selfies? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Right, Sam, come in here. I'm going to teach you how to use a recorder. Oh no. <laughs> so this is where the first meeting was held. Wow. So this was owned by family. Okay. Put these no. headphones on. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> hold this. Don't move. Don't move your arm. You've just got to hold before. it. <laughs> now what kind of events are you guys doing here? Um, so uh, we haven't planned our half term and Easter stuff for next year. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing some late nights, and I'll show you around the exhibition in a bit because we've mm-hmm. got a centenary city exhibition at the moment. Um, so that's running till March. Um, we had the book launch for Helen Pankhurst's book this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a screening of Suffra- Suffragette for International Women's Day this year. This year's been crazy just because of the centenary. It's been, yeah. we, did, we were part of a Manchester Day Parade, and we were all Suffragettes March there um yeah lots and lots and lots, lots and lots and lots of things coming up that sounds good it sounds yes. like a good gig so next week we're doing suffragette and mulled wine christmas evening yeah you know how i love my mulled that wine. sounds great <laughs> who doesn't yeah and we're doing galentine's day next year how's this oh i think the sash is backwards but other other <laughs> there's not mine doesn't have words on it oh really okay Purple should be in the middle. Oh, that was should. one thing I was taught. Why should the purple be in the middle? Because. Actually, this is. In the middle where? So I think. It's some, oh, I was okay. told it's supposed to be close to your heart. Oh, the purple close to your heart. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Are there significance. Is there a significance to the purple? white green yeah okay so am i gonna learn that in the exhibition or do you want to tell me green white and violet mm-hmm. give women votes <laughs> and actually this was a really great thing we got the other day so a guy um his mother passed away and she'd been involved with the suffragettes and so he left a rose and that message comes, oh, which is really says, beautiful. Thanks, Mrs. Pankhurst, for getting it for... Oh, well, my old mum was a keen supporter of the right of women to vote. Thanks, Mrs. Pankhurst, for getting it for her and other women. Uh, so we've just come into the Annie Swinnerton exhibition at Manchester Art Gallery, and I'm Lauren and I stood in front of a cabinet with, like, some paraphernalia in it, and the first thing I'm drawn to... Good afternoon. There will be a pre-guided tour of the gallery at 2 o'clock. For those interested, please meet in nature on the ground floor. That's a pre-guided tour at 2 o'clock. Thank you. That's really funny. We decided not to do the tour. So we stood in front of this cabinet with paraphernalia in it and um, the exhibition catalogue from 1923 (laughs) says Mrs Swinnerton. (laughs) 
rather than Annie Swinnerton. And it's like, if it was a guy, it wouldn't be Mr. Swinnerton. I'm just saying. I love this official portrait of Annie. And then this is her London studio. And then this is the last painting, which is called The Dream of Italy. And I feel like we should go on a, on a tour, on an investigative bonnets trip. A national treasure. A national treasure hunt and yeah. find the dream of Italy. <laughs> uh, and there's a picture of her painting outside with a big old dog. Ah, oh, hey, look, in 1931, she moved to Hailing Island, Hampshire. Um, I've never been to Hailing Island, but it's well close to Portsmouth. That's good. I wish I'd gone. I kind of like her response to being elected to the Royal Academy. Which like, was to send her shit. Yeah, yeah, there's that. But she had been, uh, it was like... It took like two or three times for her to actually be elected into the academy. Yeah. And I do like her quote here, just like, my first thought is art. I don't know if this is going to help women. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, meh. Shrugged it off. Bula. Guys, if you like pastels, you will love Annie Swinnerton. Mm hmm. Champion of natural light. That's her game. This is beautiful though. Is it a mermaid? So, has the art gallery had these paintings? Manchester Art Gallery's had these paintings in storage since 1926. Yeah, yeah. all of them. Not all, I don't, I don't think. I'm, I'm but trying to work it out. It's like, and they've just been we in saw, storage. We saw an Annie Swinnerton last time we came. Right. Well, it does say that it seems like they were pretty much early champions of her work, and that they gave her that yeah. exhibition in 1923, and then they were collecting her work sort of aggressively. But yeah, it doesn't seem like they've been on permanent display. I've never seen any. I mean, I come yeah. in here quite often, right? It's yeah. my local gallery, right? right. So I've oh, never, never seen, seen any of these. Look at this. So. It says the nude was a staple genre in academic painting of the 19th and early 20th centuries and women artists really depicted nude figures because the relevant professional training was denied to them. And then adding like the myths and stuff to it is how it says that's how her artwork is acceptable. So she's studying the nude and then putting it in this framework of like myth and legend so that people aren't like, oh, she's just drawing beams. I'm going to go and join the others. That's eavesdrop on what they're saying. Talked about the ones that she couldn't find. <laughs> so that she apparently did these amazing night portraits, but unfortunately they're on tour at the moment. Okay. So I think your country's gone. Who's um, gone? I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Better in private collections because this is what happens, isn't it? Yeah. Stuff but gets bored she's up. now become a little bit more 
sort of celebrated and people yeah. were actually yeah, so they yeah. were being right. shown in Paris but not when I was there because I wanted to hunt it down because then it moved to America but yeah I really want to see them because she sort of showed some slides but you couldn't really tell from them but like night portraits yeah, yeah but just the breadth cool. of her work really interested me like she's really she was working for such a long time mm-hmm. she changed her sort of style a lot and I really yeah. love that like she experimented with lots of things mm-hmm. her subjects seem to be like all over the place too, yeah. which yeah. I love Esther's mouthing words at me because she thinks she can get off the get off the road trip diary like that <laughs> oh god um, this is a powerful microphone this is not one of my favourite pictures in the exhibition <laughs> which is? oh well other than you know himself actually there's Where two quotes do you want it? Yeah. I'll take you to William. But yeah, the two women either side of Williams are my favourite books. Right, okay. So we're now walking through the exhibition. Oh that's the one that was up we've seen that one before, Lauren. That round one of the two people in the garden. Just there. That's we've that was here last time. Oh yes. I mean I have been to Capri and the sense of place in that it's just it so captures what you feel like. It's so idyllic and beautiful, and the water's wonderful, and these cute little houses. I love it. <laughs> this one's pretty strong. Who's this person? This is the salving of the sun. Is it Swinnerton? Guys, taking you on the tour around an art gallery is like hard because there's a lot of pressure to describe paintings. So this is like a painting of an older woman wearing a grey dress um, in all I can describe as being a come-at-me pose in, <laughs> in the mountains, like an alternative opening to the sound of music but with more swearing and she probably is going to smoke a cigar any second now and she's like her face she's about to nod and like agree with everything I've said <laughs> this, the woman in this painting Lauren I'm going to say it big dick energy yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely she also has that like cool vibe that uh I always think women that live in Italy by the seaside have like you just throw on this this casually gorgeous dress yeah. and like walk down to the shops and just and drink wine all day. Game. Yeah. Her earring game is yeah. She's like, all I need is this dress and these earrings. I don't need to do my hair. I'm just a bottle of wine. Yeah, I'm just gonna hang out. And she's probably just you know finished a bottle of wine, like just out of the picture. Yeah, I like her dress. Yeah. She's like, Swinnerton doesn't objectify her subjects. Mm-mm. It's like a moment, it's like an energy, it's like. It's it really like lovely. Photos. It looks like a photograph. I've never wanted to be, like, have my portrait, like, painted by anyone. I, I hate having my photo taken, but I would like Annie Swinnerton to yes. paint me. I mean, you know, the ghost of Annie Swinnerton. <laughs> she could come back. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, I'm with Andrew in the lift at the Manchester Art Gallery and we've not pressed any buttons. Oh, we're going oh. down. But we're going to try and get um, some quiet audio just by riding in this lift up and down for a minute. So, Andrew, you were saying um, an interesting thing about the Annie Swinnerson exhibition that you noticed. Can you repeat that for our listeners? Yeah, I could try. Oh. Just Don't give we... it a go. We're going to be joined, but <laughs> give it a go. Um... I mean, I've been... Oh, so I'm going to get distracted uh, now. Sorry. sorry, we're going to ride back up. It's the That's quietest right. place in the gallery. Yeah. <laughs> it's very busy today, isn't it? <laughs> 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 it's an occupational hazard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trying to... <sighs> okay. So, I mean, I've been coming to Manchester Art Gallery for what? Since I was a child, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to say how many years that is. No, <laughs> and especially when I was at college, you know, I used to come in here just after. So that would be the late eighties, early nineties, and um, I, I, until today, I had no idea who Annie Swint- Swinterton was, and I noticed that one of her paintings of, um, well, it was a like a pastiche of a Madonna and child. Mm-hmm. Um, that she painted in Italy. I've been walking past that painting for the last 30 years and looking at it and admiring it, but I never realised that it was painted by a woman Mm -hmm. and that that woman was Annie Swinterton. And I didn't know who that character was, you know. So um, it's just interesting because this whole vista's opened up now of this person, um, this quite amazing person. And I, and I know I, you know, I know a bit about the pre-Raphaelites and so on. I'm into them and William Holman Hunt and Millet, and, and I know all those guys, the males, but I didn't know about this woman. And it's amazing. It's a revelation. Ground floor. That's great audio. Thank you. Oh, bloody hell. We're heading home now, that's what's happening. Yeah. It's all, oh, look, there's Natsford. Natsford, hey. Oh. We see you, Natsford. I'd say VIP of the Bonnet to Dawn road trip with Sam, who drove us. MVP. Oh, yeah. Well, he's also a very important person, but most valuable person as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, will you tell us one thing you learned? Uh, the pair the pair that John uh, John uh, the <laughs> guy up north gave to what's her name what was it conference pair no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> John Thornton takes a jargonelle pair That's it. a jargonelle so the one thing you learned was wrong who died <laughs> we've done nothing we've book. failed we've taught him nothing Oh, who dies in the book? Who dies in North and South? Everybody. Okay, I mean, that's not wrong. Do you remember the alternate title to North and South? No. Death and Variations. Or Uh, Margaret Hale. Yeah, or Margaret Hale. That's a terrible title. Sam, who does Lauren consider the Gateway Bronte? Pass. Okay, what happens if you say Charlotte Bronte in a mirror three times? Absolutely nothing. No, no, wrong. Bronte appears. I'm trying to think of one other. Uh, Who's I mean, the official boyfriend of the show? I missed that. I wasn't there for that. You weren't there. No. I mean, you were there for the watch along. 
Yeah, I missed that bit. I think I was doing you washing up at the time. And we are back. So, Hannah, I've got a question for you. Shoot. What was your highlight of this trip? Um, I think it was the Morrison's sausage roll that we purchased <laughs> on the road between Howarth and Manchester. Oh, wow. Okay. I had cranberries the sausage rolls were great. Yeah, I have to say. <laughs> I miss sausage rolls when I'm in the States because um, that's not something we really do. Weirdly, we oh, should. I miss them so much when I lived in America. <laughs> that and a pork uh. pie um oh can i just say um we've really learned our lesson because in this episode there is you no don't get chewing. any of that audio <laughs> yeah. yeah we no specifically audio of us eating did not record ourselves eating um no i sorry think about that the real highlight for me was um that like early morning walk to the moors and uh the audio didn't get included but i got isabel and i lost and we were very wet and very cold and we were like oh we'll just go straight back to the cottage and warm up but we got lost on the moors and then had to go this really long way into town and just the whole way back we're talking about how um how we could like really understand at that moment how people died of just yeah. going outside and I kept saying like I'm just gonna lie down here and I'm like I am done uh, and listening back as well, I'm just, I can only apologize for my description of the moors, which were slate gray and like shrouded in mist and cloud and like something out of a novel. And all I could say to you was how many different colors of heather I could see and that I saw a rock. So, <laughs> yeah. It seemed important at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll, I'll say about that. Joseph and his murky heather dream coat. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry that I missed that uh, walk with you. But I was back at the cottage just like enjoying a nice cup of tea. Mm. So there's that. There's you will that. never go on this more walk with me. Um, Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. I do like that. I just loved that little bundle of um, biscuits that you had. This time around, we really went for like the premium cookie boxes. <laughs> they were so wet when I got them home. I took like, <laughs> I wrapped some, I wrapped some biscuits. Uh, for those of you that are interested, I wrapped two ginger nuts and two <laughs> bourbon biscuits and a bit of toilet roll. And I put them in my pocket in case Izzy and I needed to eat on this walk. And we mm -hmm. didn't. And we got back and they were soaked through. So I put them in front of the fire to dry out. And then I ate them later because waste not, want not. <laughs> yeah. And you, you did offer those to our guests as well. You're like, hey, guys, if anyone wants any of these soggy more biscuits, like, Be my come guess. on down. Yeah. Come on down. I like to those, think that's uh, what all biscuits in Howarth are like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just damp. Oh, my God. Such a good time. Lauren, what was I, your highlight? <laughs> the whole trip was so good. I'm trying to think of, like, a real highlight. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I really did love um, the pub uh, get-together after our pub quiz, which you guys did not get to hear any of because um, there's a lot of audio from that. So, you know, we'll do something with that later on in the future. 
Um, but that was super fun, uh, getting to meet with everybody, just have a drink with everybody. And um, that was just a great day. Yeah, I was, was very really drunk, good. like that whole day. <laughs> <laughs> really great. Um, so we had a lot of fun there. And uh, but yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite, really. Because it was all it was all good. Yeah, me Take too. Me I can't pick a favorite either because it's all good. <laughs> so now we have to give a special shout out to our friends uh, again at the Bronte Parsonage for letting us, you know, just hang out and harass the staff. Uh, Amy, of course, as always. And uh, Charlotte is who we were talking to in the beginning. Not Charlotte Bronte, but actually um, a member of staff named Charlotte. But she does get that a lot. People think that she's like pretending. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, no, this is just my um, my given name. Uh, Also, of course, Isabel Greenberg. You guys heard her in there. And uh, Esther, our good pal, Esther Liz Carew. And Andrew, Andrew Galloway, who has a great voice. Great voice. You should be in uh, and out of Lyft. Wow. He should be reading audiobooks. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Thank you for riding with me, Andrew. I like that bit of audio, actually. Oh, and uh, Lauren already said thanks in the audio, but thanks, Sam, for driving us everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much. Just fantastic. He wore a little hat. He called me, um, oh, I was about to say Miss Money Penny all weekend, but that is not the person who drives the car in Thunderbirds. Right. Good. <laughs> Upcoming <laughs> events. <laughs> um so yes okay we have a couple things going on um first up for chicago area bonnets i will be uh tabling at the jasna gala that's going to be on may the 4th um please come out register come hang out um the bonnets at dawn table will have some special special treats there i'm so excited for this special treat are we allowed to it's say what stuff. it is? Um, yeah, let's say. Go ahead. Uh, we designed a new, not quite Team Austin, but Austin, Jane Austen, uh, Austin, Austin t-shirt. We did. <laughs> if you need me to write copy for your products, please let me know. Yes, please. Yeah, we're dropping a new t-shirt. It's really cute. And um, yeah, I'm excited for people to have it because I found the quote and I'm like so self-satisfied about it. Like really patting it's myself on the back with this just every day. It's adorable. We'll talk about it more on the show because um, we'll make it available. And uh, what else we got going on? Work, read work. along. Work, 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 read along. That is still happening. Um, we won't be discussing that until May, but the thread is open. There is some awesome discussion in there right now actually that i'm i'm really loving and uh yeah so come in join it's a free-for-all so we haven't you know we haven't divided it into chapters so just come in and just just chat about it chat about louisa may alcott chat about work chat about your own work i'm asking a lot of questions in that uh thread that are not book specific yeah you don't have to have read it to join in right we want to think about how Um, a women's work has and hasn't changed in the Mm -hmm. many many years since work was written now we will have a few more special announcements uh for this season but they're not quite ready yet so you know to be on the lookout for those 
you should check out our social media. And what what's that about, Hannah? Where can they find us on the internet? You can find us as always on Instagram and Twitter at Bonnets at Dawn. You can email us bonnets at dawn at gmail.com and you can join our Facebook group by searching Bonnets at Dawn and answering two little questions. Uh, we're also adding a disclaimer as of today, just to remind everyone that the discussions in Facebook do get used for the show and welcome to the Big Brother State. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um you know, for our read-alongs, uh, we do post threads in there. Those comments um, we use in um, our read-along episodes. I think the majority of you guys know this, but we just want to make sure that is absolutely clear. Um, but yeah, yeah, just keep it in mind, guys. Bye on that note. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> See you later. Bye, guys. Bye.